Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. film called Having Our Baby, The Surrogacy Boom, is going to be airing on the documentary channel over the next little while, and I think is going to be available online going forward, so check it out. Nick has got a lot to say about surrogacy, and I'll be honest with you, this is not a topic I thought I would have been addressing on um, my podcast in the near future, but what's really interesting about this is I, I, I learned a ton. I learned a ton about what's going on in this world here in Canada, what's called reproductive tourism, what's going on around the world with this idea of uh, IVF and and, and, and surrogacy and and how laws are different and the ethics behind it and the controversy and so on. So I hope you uh, tune in and... and, and, um, it's a really it's a celebration of life this film and our conversation too and i was so glad nick was able to join me today and don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my own podcasting and my uh speaking and some of my writing and you can support what i'm doing uh, through face to face on patreon.com there's a link there on the site and don't forget rabble.ca as well for more podcasts by me and others coming right up nick orchard well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest today, Nick Orchard. He's a uh, Canadian filmmaker who has a new film coming out on uh, the Documentary Channel in uh, the very near future. In fact, it's already had its world premiere. Uh, Nick is here with us uh, on Face to Face today. Thanks so much for your time today, Nick. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So is that true? World premiere has, in fact, happened? Yes, it happened uh, six days ago. Six days uh, ago. Tuesday night, yeah, the 28th. 28th and we've got quite a few we're going to talk about this we're going to post it on 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 the site but just right out of the gate the film is available 
on the Documentary Channel site right now. Is that not right? Uh, it is, but uh, go there quickly because okay. they only put it up one week from uh, Friday, I think, Friday or Saturday. So you've got until Friday or Saturday uh, to see it uh, for free online. But otherwise, you can uh, catch it on several viewings on the Documentary Channel. Very good. Excellent. So, so documentary filmmaker, you've also, you've explored comedy and music and narrative and, and drama and so on. What is it that, that gets you interested uh, about a topic like surrogacy? So the title of the film, Having Our Baby, The Surrogacy Boom. Um, where does it start for you? Is it, is it, is it just the, the interest of a journalist, of, of a documentarian, or does it go a little deeper than that? Well, not really. I mean, I'm a storyteller, I think, first and foremost, and uh, I just uh, read lots of newspapers and magazines and that sort of thing, and uh, every now and again a story jumps out at me, and uh, it did so in this case. I probably read about it uh, two and a half years ago or so, and um, I realized when I read the article that I didn't actually know very much about mm. surrogacy, or at least I had some misconceptions about surrogacy, and I figured... You know, probably a lot of people do, and yet at the same time, it seems like an incredible story. So whenever I do see a story, well, that's all very well and good, but then I have to convince somebody uh, that they want to uh, put up some money and, right. uh, and, and air the documentary. So, you know, for everyone that we convince it's a great story, there's uh, <clears throat> probably eight or nine that... Uh, I still think are great stories, but the networks don't agree with me. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that's the process, you know. So, so when you say there was mis misconceptions for you, so was, would you say, uh, I mean, I guess you could probably say this about any film, I suppose, or any kind of major project like this. There's a lot of, you know, uh, moments where you're like aha moments, I suppose. Was, was it like that in this project? I mean, did, did you, did this really peel back the layers for you? Well, yes, it did. Uh, I mean, just right off the bat, um, when I read the story, I had assumed that most surrogates uh, in Canada and elsewhere would actually prove to be uh, friends or relatives mm. of the couple who uh, were having difficulty having a child of their own. And that uh, turned out to be totally wrong. The right. vast majority of surrogates are actually total strangers. Right to the couple that they eventually um, have a baby for. And I, I just found that absolutely incredible. And, and I mean, immediately, I would hope, I, or, uh, you know, the listeners are, are already starting, if they haven't seen the film, are already starting to sort of ask some questions. So is that, and, and you know, obviously the subtitle of the film, The Boom, I mean, are we talking about, and I know you do address this to some degree, and, and quite a few questions you kind of leave unanswered, um, Ethically, you know, from a business perspective, I mean, I, I go boom, I go uh, people aren't friends and relatives, therefore there's got to be a lot of money in this game. <laughs> well, again, that's you would think that, but um, uh, in Canada, well, the rules are different all around the world, the laws are different, right. but right. in Canada, uh, 10 or 15 years ago, uh, they passed legislation which said that a surrogate in Canada cannot be paid to be a surrogate. So not only are these surrogates doing this for free, for, right. a, for a stranger, but they're doing it for free. They are allowed to um, collect expenses. Right. 
and uh, but those have to be receipted expenses. So, you know, when they have to buy clothing or when they have to miss work or when they have to get transportation to go to a clinic appointment. Or, or I think so, it was when Elise says something about when she has a craving for blueberries. Blueberries, ice cream, you know. <laughs> well, sometimes the surrogates don't want to submit those receipts right. because they're embarrassed right. about it, you know. However, the expenses do add up, and, and the average I discovered uh, for our surrogacy, which, of course, is about a year, not just the nine months, right. but it's a year by the time you do all of the medical work and such leading up to it. Uh, the expenses can run about $20,000, yeah, yeah, so it's still not cheap, but it, it it really staggered me to learn that they that they could not be paid, and yet there were still so many surrogates willing to do it. The, one of the characters that you follow, Heather, um, uh, at the beginning of the film, talks about you know so you know why you know why would she do something like this? And she talks you know it sounds like they've got a very interesting her and her husband's relationship. Uh, it yeah. sounds to me like they want to give back. And you know at one point she jokes about how her husband said, "Oh, you know, eight is enough. You know, once I've <laughs> you know <laughs> given birth to eight surrogate babies, then I'm gonna you know move on and yeah, live yeah. my life." And she's got three reasons for it. And she said one because it it doesn't make me it makes me feel better as a person you know it makes yeah. me feel like i'm accomplishing something and then it makes me feel like i'm doing something that matters yeah. would, would you say that those are kind of um you know if you were to have surveyed people do you think that's where you know you would land because it seems to me you know if you're not getting paid um you know why would you do this i mean now <laughs> now a male asking the question right i yeah. one of the thoughts i had as i smiled boy it's sh it's such a good thing that men don't have to give birth we would just the human <laughs> the human race would have would have uh, uh, faded out years ago don't you think yeah um but as heather and other surrogates have said they actually enjoy pregnancy yes yes they they feel good about it yeah uh they they had all uh surrogates these days by the way it's not a written law, but it's basically understood that a surrogate these days must have already had children of her own. Oh, I see. Okay. So, um, you know, so you don't suddenly want to become attached to the child that you're giving birth to. If you already had your children and you're quite happy with them, then, uh, you know, so you've had a child before. So they already know that their surrogacies, generally speaking, were easy. Heather had easy pregnancies with her two, with the two children she has of her own. So it came as a bit of a surprise when she developed uh, preeclampsia um, about a month or maybe a month and a half before the baby was actually due and had to go to the hospital to be induced. And we cover all of that in the film. We mm -hmm. have a camera there and we have a camera in the delivery room. and such. So that came as a bit of a surprise. But at the same time, most surrogates know that they're pregnancies were easy and that they enjoyed them and at the same time they have a big heart and they uh you know they want to do something good uh for someone else heather had one more reason which she threw in there which i i found interesting uh she's a bit chubby mm. and yes. uh she said she liked being chubby or sorry she liked being pregnant because she is most of the time chubby but she can think at least to herself I'm not chubby. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. Yes, there's a... and it and that gives her some self-esteem, which she otherwise wouldn't have had. You know, which is pretty a pretty interesting place to start for having someone else's baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and but I mean, her story was very interesting because she 
decided she was going to become a surrogate, she first thought about doing it when she was 12. 12 years old, yes. I think she knew, I don't think it's in the film, but I think she knew there's some family friend or something going on. Oh, okay. And she thought, gee, you know, when I grow up, I could be a surrogate. And and at 26, she was a surrogate uh, mother, correct? Yes, if you say so. I I think that comes out in the film. I think it's 26, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for a long time, I see this footage every single day but <laughs> that's right I'm moving on to new process yeah. so <laughs> good for you for, i'll take your word for that and so you should be hey listen before i'd love to hear about some of the some of the reaction to the film that you've seen and and so on i i, I love the 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 the, the um, hmm the delivery room sequence. And I think it's with Heather. I mean, it's really beautifully shot, Nick. And, uh, I had tears in my eyes. I'm a father, uh, two kids and, and my wife, Elizabeth, she, she, she loved being pregnant. She loved having kids too. And, and, and it really took me back to those moments. And, you know, I couldn't help but smile with dad in the background of the camera and, you know, just, just the, the, the warmth of it all. And, and you start to get a sense for why somebody would do this. Yeah. You know, bringing a life into the world. This is, you know, you're, 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 you're helping somebody else along your, 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 your boy. I mean, talk about building community. I don't, I don't think you could get more tangible. Yeah. I mean, that, that, uh, filming and that shooting was rather, uh, special. Mm. It, it, um, there's a story behind it, of course, as there as there would be. I'm based in Vancouver, and that birth was going to happen in Edmonton. It was meant to be a home delivery, but as oh, I say, yes. uh, she had to be induced. At the same time, I knew that I couldn't get there with my camera person. I potentially couldn't get there with my camera person in time. You never know how quickly right. these things are going to happen. And I, in the end, I had to line up about five or six camera people because you never know who's going to be working on another job or when. And, and actually, it happened while the fires were happening mm, in Fort McMurray. Okay. okay. Um, and, and so a lot of camera guys were already out shooting. Were already out shooting, right. And the guy that I got in the end, thank God for him, he, um, he couldn't get access. There are some camera people that have their own cameras and some who... Um, uh, hire and rent them by the day as as they need, you know, in case they need a different type of camera or something like that. Well, it happened in the evening, and he had no chance to go and hire a camera. He was the only guy I could find available, and thank goodness he actually had his own home video camera. Wow. And wow. that's what he sh- that's what he shot it on. Oh, that's awesome. Video camera. What a great. I thought you were going to say he shot it on his iPhone. <laughs> well, that was the next choice. Right. My camera guy here was saying, you know, I phoned him up and I said, okay, it's happening in Edmonton. I said, I don't know if our camera guy has anything. And his first response was, does he have an iPhone? <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, he shot it on his um, on his home camera. And it's a testament to his camera skill, in fact, that he got such great shots. It, you know, a good camera person will tell you it's not always the camera. You don't, if you're a stills photographer, you don't have to have a Nikon or, right, or right. whatever. You can use one of those cardboard box cameras. If you have a good eye for photography, you can still come up with a good shot. It, it's, he it, did. It, what was so good about that from a filmmaker's perspective was the tight close-up yes, shot. He yes. didn't step back. There might yes. be a tendency for people less experienced to step back and just have everybody in the room all in the shot. But he got right into their face and right into the baby's face and the staff and and all the rest and it really makes for a dramatic moment for sure one one 
amusing uh, anecdote because I don't think you see it in the film. Uh, the intended parents were um, Jason and Sarah Geisler in Edmonton. And they already had a child six or seven years ago. And then Sarah was in a horrific car accident, which is why she cannot uh, she cannot carry a baby mm. herself now. So they had the child, and they brought the child along with them to the delivery room. And and yet, while they were in the throes of of labor, you can see the daughter sitting on a bench over by the window, fair distance away, and she's got the whole blanket draped over her body, so she's just kind of. <laughs> Wrapped in this right, blanket, it's right. just too much emotion for right, the, right. the process. There is a sh there is a beautiful shot of the three of them, and I think Dad's yeah. holding her, and she's crying, and Mom's crying. Yeah. And <laughs> after after the baby was yeah. born, she emerged from the blanket, and she right. was very tearful as well. You know, it's a very emotional. Well, you know, I I think I read a review or a, an article about the film where you're quoted, and you say it quote goes to the heart of what it means to be a parent. And and you're talking about the film, and I and I, yeah. that's that scene. I mean, the whole film does that without a doubt. Yeah. But that scene in particular, you, I think, if you had, if you had ethical concerns up until that point, you kind of have to start saying, "Well, hang on yeah. a minute. I think we need to start asking some other questions." Yeah, yeah. Because elsewhere, I tried to create a balanced picture of the mm. of the way people feel about surrogacy in Canada, and and most now are in favor of it. There used to be. Um, uh, some pushback to it, but I think as people know or learn more about surrogacy, um, is, you know, they're coming around. But but I had to put in a few of the naysayers, and, right? Uh, and one of them on in the films basically goes after the whole notion of people saying they have a right to have right. a child. Yeah, she says. In fact, I think you 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 put in a piece where she actually says, uh, um, paraphrase here, but nobody has a right to have a child. Yeah, you don't have a right. Who gave you that? Who right? gave you that right? Who yes, gave you that right. You're just assuming it for yourself. You don't have a right to have a child, and I I just find that approach kind of startling because, as the person, I cleverly put into the film after her. <laughs> She says, well, it's easy for you to say that. And at the same time, I would say, well, how many children do you have? Right, right. You know? But also, in with today's technology, why would you not right. have a child? Right. Why not? Why, why get all bent out of shape about you don't have this right when if you can do it with technology... Uh, why wouldn't you? Well, I think, you know, there's a sense to me about uh, this film is about, you know, living somebody else's life or uh, wrong way to put it, uh, spending time in somebody else's shoes, you know, yeah. to go cliche. This is, you know, and I loved the, the, the woman in India that, that, uh, that you had, uh, that you interviewed. Um, and, and she basically says, um, you know, uh, I don't, I don't even want to talk to you if you haven't lived the life of an infertile couple. Yeah, if you can, if you can be in their shoes. That's right. Uh, yeah, that that was in answer to the ethical dilemma I first faced. Um, if if I can digress for a second, yeah, the, please. The film two and a half years ago was titled "Reproductive Tourism." Oh, right, of course, um, which you do get into, boom. yeah. Because the other thing I discovered in reading articles about surrogacy way back when was that a lot of Canadians were traveling overseas to various countries principally India, 
but also Thailand, Mexico, Cambodia, places like that, to have their children. Yes. And so I, you know, I, I looked at that to begin with, and I decided, how do I feel about this? These are wealthy or relatively wealthy people going somewhere overseas and taking advantage or seemingly taking advantage right. of poor women uh, who you may think are being coerced or, or pushed into doing something like this because of the monetary value of it. What I think I feel that there were, you know, don't get me wrong, there were actually, I, there were some agencies, India's surrogacy business was huge, right? which is why when they shut it down, I was rather startled because there was a lot of money in that business, but they shut it down for their own ethical reasons. But before they did, um, that, that there were some clinics and such which, which were not as good as they could be. They, they would not really care for the women before the birth, and they would basically be you know, sent away and I don't need to see you again, you know, regardless of what may come after the birth, you know, if there are medical complications or things like that. But much of it was run by good clinics, and the woman we interviewed uh, was Dr. Nayana Patel, and uh, she ran probably the biggest of those clinics. And she was a, a, a stout advocate, and, and what she referred to is in, in the film when she says, well, if you can live the lives of those that infertile couple and know what they have to go through, and then at the same time, if you can live the life of those surrogates mm. and living in poverty and being a surrogate mother could be life-changing for right. them. It meant they could buy a house they couldn't otherwise buy. Right. It meant they could put their children through school or whatever. So as she described it, it was a win-win situation. You you have an old clip, I think, of Peter Mansbridge with hair, and <laughs> um, uh, way got to be what early eighties, nineteen ninety one. Oh, ninety one. I was going to say early eighties. Yeah. Sorry. No, people. you have to you have to understand because he's talking about surrogacy. You have to understand that surrogacy is really a modern or a recent yes. thing. Yes. Nineteen ninety one is basically you know when it was just starting to to be known about really. And yet the first test tube baby, I think, which also comes out in the film, was in the late seventies, wasn't it? Yeah, 78, if I remember correctly. That was the very first IVF test tube baby. So okay. Still not a surrogate. Right. The okay. first surrogate, well, commercial surrogate, because in Britain, uh, the first commercial surrogate was a woman named Kim Cotton. Yes. Uh, and she suffered for doing that, as she said, did the doctors who created IVF. To begin with, there's so much backlash. If you're the first of anything, as she says, you kind of pay the price. There's backlash. There were horrible headlines when Kim Cotton had that baby. I was, I was, uh, I was stunned by that. I was, yeah. uh, what was I, 13 so years old, old at the time? I, I actually remember it. Uh, even yeah. as a 13 year old, I remember some of the some of the press. Yeah. Well, yeah. she she says, um, uh, uh, yeah, she she referred to the horrendous horrendous press actually, and then of course Mansbridge yeah. Mansbridge talked about the the explosive ethical questions, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was 1991. So you see really how recent it is. 
And and so earlier you had mentioned not really as much of an issue as it used to be. Would you say those explosive ethical questions have kind of gone by the wayside for the most part? Or, uh, I mean, I know certainly you mentioned Cambodia. I know quite a, quite a bit about the country. It's still under a, 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 a embargo. You can't adopt children from the country for various well, and, reasons. And you Does... can't, as a foreigner, you know, staying with the surrogacy thing, you cannot go to Cambodia. You cannot go to India anymore as a foreigner. You cannot go to Mexico as a foreigner and hire their local surrogates. That that's all been closed off because of the um basically the the big one was mentioned in the film was what's known as the baby gammy case where an Australian couple commissioned a uh, surrogate in Cambodia to carry uh, a child for them in the event uh she was implanted with two embryos, possibly three, but two of them took. Right. Uh, and that's another issue we can get into, that, that there was a time they implanted many embryos so that if one failed, you didn't have to go to the ex- to the expense of, of, of right. you know, doing another one. But the problem is, what if all three took, and there was a big case in the States quite recently where, where the, it was a single dad, and he went, oh, I don't want three, so can right. you get rid of two for me, please? Wow. And it ended up in the courts and everything quite messy. But anyway, in, in Cambodia... Uh, it was determined during her pregnancy that one of the twins was going to be born with Down syndrome. And uh, so the Australian couple said, well, can you abort that fetus, please? And uh, she, on ethical, moral, religious grounds, refused to do that. Right. Uh, again, had a you know, a tussle, verbal tussle anyway, <laughs> with the parents-to-be. And uh, in the end, it was basically just agreed then that... Uh, they would go home with a healthy girl, which they did, and, and she would keep the Down syndrome wow. child. Yeah. Well, when that first hit the headlines, the full story didn't come out immediately. It looked worse than it was. It looked like they only discovered on birth that the child had Down syndrome and the parents abruptly took off with their with their healthy child. It wasn't quite that bad still. Not that good and um, obviously embarrassing, really, for for Thailand, and uh, so they were really the first to say, we won't do that anymore. Well, yeah, certainly, and certainly does seem to raise quite a few questions, As and I think it was at that point in the film, too, you start to talk about this idea, and you bring in some some, some, some lawyers to speak to it, and a few other sort of uh, activists or NGO-like uh, um, uh, uh, voices, state the notion of stateless children. You know, what if... Yeah, well, that that, that that's actually another part of the problem because there still are some countries where you can uh, go uh, to hire a surrogate, one of them being uh, states in the United States, of course, but uh, also uh, you can go to the Czech Republic and and places like that, Ukraine. So there still are places available. And the problem stated by a UK lawyer with a client she had, where they had a Ukraine surrogate, and it was just really a conflict of laws where the Ukraine uh, laws said, uh, let me see if I get this right, I think the Ukraine laws said that the baby was British. Mm. The British laws said the baby was Ukraine. Right. (laughs) So essentially it had no country at the outset that it legally belonged to. Obviously it got cleared up, but... uh, those sorts of situations can occur. Is it, Nick, after, you know, you, you said earlier um, that, you know, why wouldn't you, you know, in this age, in this technological age, why wouldn't you have uh, have a baby this way? 
do you think that that is kind of um, the more accepted understanding of this? It's just, oh, this is now what we do. This is how we do it. Uh, or is there still a sense out there that we're kind of, I don't know, screwing with nature in a way? Uh, well, uh, as I say, I, I think that view, generally speaking, uh, is fading. I think there's much more acceptance of it now. Uh, but it's still not always easy for the surrogates. You know, as again, there's some surrogates in the film. We went to a, a retreat that, that this agency puts on once or twice a year where all these surrogates all gather and they have a weekend of just you know bonding with each other sure. but they also talk with have talks from lawyers and and nurses medical people and and all the rest about what they're doing and the process they're going through and uh and and the surrogates themselves say you know the problem is um when they're a surrogate they get 20 questions Right. Why you do right. and and they don't want the twenty questions. Right. They just want them to say, "Well, that's great," you know. And and if they suffer high blood pressure or or they have morning sickness, rather than getting the sympathy you might normally get if it's your own pregnancy, instead they get people saying to them, "Well, you did this to yourself. Right. It's your fault." You know. Yeah. Instead so, of instead of celebrating the opportunity to create life or to bring a life into the world and for, and for somebody else's, uh, you they, know, it appears that they get the 20 questions, <laughs> they get 20, a Q and a period. Yeah. They talk, and I think at that part in the film, they talked a little bit about that stigma that was still attached to it. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, it's, well, there's so many, I mean, it does still raise, I suppose, some pretty, pretty interesting questions. I don't think, you know, uh, uh Mansbridge, Peter Mansbridge would talk about explosive ethical questions today, but, but he might ask more, I don't know, maybe emotional, personal uh, questions related. You know, I couldn't help but think about the the separation, you know, of the mother and the child and saying, you know, and hearing Elise near the end of the film talking about, well, I hope, you know, I hope I get to see her again someday. And, yeah. you know, and, and so, so I wonder about that, you know, um, disconnect, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, uh, as I say, when you talk about ethical questions, the... The, the the laws were set up uh, when they at the time thought that um, it might be exploitative right. to be a surrogate that you might be being exploited. Uh, but what it was one of our interview subjects says in the film, uh, you know, you got people who are doing this who are willing, who are educated, who you know, who have money and all the rest. It's more exploitative not to pay well, the surrogate. Well, that was the question I wanted to get to, too. Yeah, thanks for bringing it up. The idea, what, what to, that's where the exploitation seems to be taking place. Yeah, is oh, you, that's, that's you, what you would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and she also, this person, uh, explored our attitudes to surrogacy as compared to our attitudes to prostitution. Right. Which I found a little startling when she first said it, but she basically said, you know, there are obviously those who condone it and think it's a horrible thing and there are people who feel the same way with surrogacy but again it's the same thing if you are choosing it willingly and obviously not all prostitution angles you know apply to that to that case but in many that people are choosing it um you know out of choice that's what they wish to do um so but but she said a lot of people feel that 
prostitution detracts from what the rest of us think of of loving and sex and mm. things like that and and spoils it for them or whatever and they look at surrogacy in the same way that surrogacy uh diminishes what it means for them to be a mother right and uh i found that that rather interesting well i think you know i can't help again but i mean i see i see your film as a whole lot of things for sure but but for me it, it it's about walking in somebody else's shoes yeah. And it's and it's a celebration of life, Nick. I mean, really. Yeah. I mean, this is this. I mean, it's a you know we could get into the science of it. You do a little bit the technology of it, and isn't it wonderful? And and you talk a little bit about the history and so on and all that. So it's very informative on a certain level, very educational. But for me, it was wow. This is remarkable. The lengths that people will go to to bring a life into the world to 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 you know the the two fills <laughs> oh, yeah. you know yeah, and, and characters yeah and talking about how you know and, and just at least how affectionate uh uh Elise was towards them and 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 you know the face the FaceTime baby basically i mean it's remarkable how that relationship develops through facebook well, and yeah. they and, and she ends up carrying a child for them i mean it's just it, it re- we really do live in a crazy beautiful world yes well and and you know, in the film, we also talk about how infertility has been rising, mm. and mm. people say, "Well, I wonder how that is." But, but of course, you amongst the reasons you have women and couples waiting till later in life before they have the children, and they may discover that it's then sort of a little too late for them. Right. Uh, and of course, then you have the rise of same-sex couples, and the people you referred to are Montreal same-sex couple. Both named Phil. Both named Phil. was great. There was, <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Two Phil's. The two and at least their surrogate was part of a same-sex uh, union in uh, Woodstock, Ontario. So, I mean, I love that dynamic. And and I actually delayed or got the doc channel to agree to me delaying uh, delivering the film so that I could follow them up to the birth, which actually mm. was August. 28th, I think, something like that. I was supposed to have delivered the film by then, but I said, I've got this great story. I want to follow it through to their birth. So nice. that's why we put it off. And, uh, and I, I believe um, um, the the press release for the film talked about inf- infertility tripling uh, in the last three decades. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and for those, those, those reasons. Uh, so yeah, that and you know, surrogacy is 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 on an even bigger and faster rise. Uh, a because of the increase in infertility, but B also because people are are in many cases only learning now that they have that option. Right. They hadn't considered it. They they you know go through the usual attempts at IVF and things like that, and um, didn't really. Th- consider that they could do it or maybe they thought oh well i have to travel to india to do that and i don't right. necessarily want to do that so you know so they didn't and and i think as they learn that these things can happen and happen in a beautiful way uh there is more people turning to them of course there are never going to be enough surrogates um to answer the need of of everyone in canada and the uh, i think slightly sad result of so many other countries closing their borders mm. is that a lot of foreign couples, particularly from countries like France, where 
surrogacy, any type of surrogacy, is illegal. You can't even have your sister be right. a surrogate or whatever in Germany and other complicated places with laws. They are suddenly discovering Canada as a surrogacy destination, as a destination for what I call reproductive tourism. Right. Because, hey, Canada has free surrogates. You can't pay them. And and guess what? Canada has a health care system, <laughs> so you don't have to pay yeah. medical costs. You just got to play. This is great. This you, is a win-win situation. Let's go to Canada. You just have to pay for the, blue, what was it, blueberry ice cream again? Or was it blueberries <laughs> and blueberry ice cream? ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Nick, thank you know, thank thanks for your time today, and for uh, it's it's a beautiful film. It's a it's an well, intimate film and a real celebration of life. I just I really enjoyed it. I, I wanted it to keep going. I hope I hope everybody gets to see it for for a variety of reasons. Um, tell us, uh, it it sounds like it's going to have a life online as well, uh, outside of the yeah, documentary so channel. As we as we said at the top, yeah. it's online for at least another four days, or okay, something like that. So depending when people are hearing this, but, yes. Uh, um, go there quickly to Documentary Channel's website and and find Having Our Baby, and there you'll find a free link to watch it online. Uh, otherwise, you can watch it on the Documentary Channel, uh, but you just need to know, depending on where you are in Canada, that it's at different times in different places. So in other words, the main networks, when they broadcast a show across Canada, every region delays it and plays it at the same time all across Canada. Well, this is different. It's played once all across Canada. So, for example, um, tomorrow, the 7th, it'll be on at 11 p.m. in uh, Ontario. Uh, but if you are in Vancouver, it'll be on at 8 p.m., Alberta 9 p.m., etc., Winnipeg 10 p.m. So, so all of these times are Eastern times, Tuesday, the 7th at 11 p.m., Wednesday the eighth at ten a.m. So you got to get up early in Vancouver. Right. Seven. <laughs> uh, Sunday the twelfth at eight p.m. Eastern time. So that will be five uh, p.m. Do you like how I'm doing these quick calculations? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I credit my education that I got in the fifties. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> now, now it's just an it's just an application for your iPhone. That's all you uh, need now, right? Yeah. And Saturday the 25th, also at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, so Excellent. again, 5 p.m., et cetera, et cetera. Well, I've been talking to... But, but the best thing to do is go to the website, the website on Documentary Channel, Having Our Baby, and the time should all be listed there. There is also our separate website, which is www.havingourbaby.com. Oh, that's great. And if you go there, you can also watch the short two-minute trailer and and also link to we have facebook page uh uh twitter all of that modern stuff oh, that that's i don't great. understand <laughs> they didn't teach you about that in the 50s nick i'm, I'm no I'm, no 50s 60s i'm disappointed I'm quite that old <laughs> yeah, yeah having our baby is the name of the film the surrogacy boom is the subtitle and it's uh uh we've been having a great conversation here today with nick orchard who's with soapbox productions uh, Nick, thanks Thanks a lot for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, David. I appreciate you having me. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.